0: if you've come here today to hear a nice friendly message and a couple of stories I'm sorry to disappoint you but that's not what I'm going to bring a word about today I pray your hearts would be open to be challenged today about living a life of worship living a life of passionate worship a life that's sacrificial to him and so I pray this morning that you're ready church you're ready to be challenged I've been challenged this week And my prayer is that we'd all be challenged to live our lives sacrificially before our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So Jesus, right now, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit. And Lord, right now, by the power of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to all of us today. May we all walk out of this building forever changed. Not just you know, just walking out and continuing with our lives. Maybe walk out and be bold in our communities. Maybe we walk out and live for you wholeheartedly, not sitting on the fence, God. Jesus, we honour you today. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, you can be seated this morning. Thanks, team. I wonder if Brother Clive, would you like to stay with me today? I need a friend. I need a friend. Who loves Clive Koopman? Legend. Kathy's at home sick today, so Kathy, if you're watching online, we, we pray for you today, that you would be healed. And welcome everyone else who's joining with us online on Facebook and YouTube. You've, we're glad you've joined with us today online, but it's still better to be here in the room, isn't it, everybody, than watching through a screen. But welcome, welcome. Well, this morning I'm going to speak about passionate worship. Passionate worship. And you know, you could easily say, well, you're the worship guy, right? So that's easy to speak on. But I have been so challenged this week when I've been delving into this topic that even I'm sometimes like, do I just go through the motions? And is worship just a Sunday? Is worship just music? And it's literally this message and when I've been studying this, it's really flipped my heart around this week to remind myself, what is it all about? Music is part of it. Church is part of it. Absolutely. But what is true passionate worship? What is true passionate worship? You know, I spoke this scripture last time I spoke, Matthew 6 verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy. And we I spoke about this this passage as money, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moss and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So where is your treasure? And let's not think about it as a money thing today. Where's your heart at? What's the treasure in your heart? Where is it at today? If we don't worship God, we will worship something. We're designed to worship as people. God designed us to worship Him. And if we don't worship Him, we'll worship something else. The footy. I love footy. But do we worship that? Do we worship sport? Do we worship money? Do we worship our houses, our cars? And in some instances, do we worship our family, like our kids and our parents? I'm challenged today that the only one who we should be worshiping is Jesus the only thing where is your treasure at today you know passionate worship it is a sacrifice it is a sacrifice hebrews 13:15 through jesus therefore let us continually offer to god a sacrifice of praise the fruit of lips that openly profess His name. So it's a sacrifice. Worship is a sacrifice. Matthew 10 verse 32 to 39 says this in the NIV. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to this earth. This is Jesus speaking. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Hang on a sec, let's stop there. So Jesus is saying here, I didn't come to bring peace, but he did bring peace. But he's also reminding us, he brought a sword, he didn't not come to bring peace. He, he's like separating us to make sure that we're not worshipping something else. And in this case, he's talking about our family. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their sons or daughters more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find their life. They will find it. Now, this is a challenging scripture because I love my kids, I love my parents so much but Jesus is saying but love me more but love me more and I think about my kids and my family and I love them to bits I'll do anything for them I'll sacrifice my life for them if I had to I'd jump in front of a car if I saw a car coming whatever I would do that for my kids and Jesus is saying love me more than that and you will find your life whoa so challenging it doesn't mean that he hasn't brought peace to us. It doesn't mean that he doesn't love us. He's just challenging us in this scripture. He's challenging the, the, the disciples here. It all sounds extreme, doesn't it? But we get so comfortable in our society. Church is easy when it's comfortable. It's easy. God is not an angry God, but I believe he wants us to worship him and no one else. God is a God of love, but let's not take that for granted this morning. It's easy, right, to think, well, He died on the cross. My sins are forgiven. He's got grace, 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 grace. I can live my life and, you know, whatever happens, happens, and I'll just do what I want. And you know what? God is a God of grace, and He will still love you, absolutely. But imagine if we could be the type of people that just don't take that for granted. That live our lives sacrificially for Jesus. That love him with all of our hearts, more than our families. That's a challenge, right? It challenges me. He hung on a cross for us, not to make us feel all nice on the inside. He did it so you and I could be saved. So I'm very challenged, and I hope you are challenged too. We're not just going to live our lives, our 90 years, 80 years, whatever we get on this, on this earth that he's not an optional extra. He's not an option. Jesus is not an option that I just grab along the way. And when I need him, when I lose a family member or if I'm going through some stuff, I'll grab Jesus, right? He's the God of peace, which he is. But I'll just grab him when I need him. And I don't think we're meant to live our Christian lives like that. He's got to be alongside of us all the way. Top of the mountain, in the valleys. Let's let Jesus walk beside us. Amen. Psalm 103, verse 17 to 18, the Passion Translation. But Lord, your endless love stretches from one eternity to the other, unbroken and unrelenting towards those who fear you and those who bow face down in awe before you. Your faithfulness to keep every gracious promise you've made passes from parents to children to grandchildren and beyond. You are faithful to all those who follow your ways and keep your word. So he will be faithful to you if you follow him. You know it's a it's a scary thing, isn't it, to lay something down and and a bit of an unknown. Who's ever left a job and you don't know what's next, or you uh, there's something coming up and you're just a bit fearful of the future. You don't you just don't know what it looks like. You might be selling your house. You got nowhere to live in the next six weeks when it settles. That can be fearful, right? But living is with Jesus is a challenge, it is a sacrifice, a sacrifice of praise to live with Jesus. You know, in uh, Bible college back in the day, we used to, we learn about the circle of balance, the circle of life, like the balance we should have. It's like, you know, you have 10% of your time family, 10% of your time is this, 10% of your time spiritual, you know, 20% is exercise. And you used to have this balance of life and uh, what your day and your week would look like. And I've been challenged to take the spiritual side out of that. Out of, don't make it 20%. Don't make it 10%. Actually, the spiritual side, the Jesus side, should be in all of the circle. So it's in our family. It's in our work. It's in our driving to work. It's in our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We don't just split it up and make, well, my two hours on Sunday, that's my spiritual side of my wheel. It can't be like that if we're to be disciples of Jesus Christ. To be passionate is to, be sacri- to, is to bring a sacrifice of praise. So we don't fit God into the wheel. He is our wheel. He is our wheel. Everything revolves around God. My gosh, am I perfect at this? No, I'm not perfect at this. And I've been challenged this week to make sure God is in every part of my life. And it's easy to say, well, you're a pastor, right? Like you got time for God, you know? <laughs> you can do whatever you want, take time and spend you know, hours with God. That's not true. And it's actually a heart thing, not a time thing. It's a heart thing. You know, you can talk to God in your car. You talk to God in your office desk. You talk to God in the most crazy moments of your life. He's there. He has to be with us. It says this in Matthew 22, verse 34. The greatest commandment. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together, one of them an expert in the law. How many, how many people know an expert in something? Self-proclaimed. <laughs> <laughs> Tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, And with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. So what Jesus is saying, the first commandment, is love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind. So in your whole being, that is the first thing that we should do. That's why it's a sacrifice to have a devotional time. It's a sacrifice to put time away to spend with God. It's a sacrifice. But it's actually the greatest commandment. He says, come away with me. Come away with me. You know, I've been very personal on this platform before about talking about my, health, my mental health stuff that I've dealt with over the years. And I'll tell you what really helped me. And I want to be honest and open with you again today. What really helps me is go to that place where you spend time with God. Go to that place. It's very quiet in here today. Go to that place where you spend time with Him. He's your healer. He's your redeemer. He's with you. He's your peace. He's your comfort. They're those things. And I'm not against medication at all. At all. Actually, I'm for it. But He's greater than that. His peace is higher than that. His love is higher than anything. So, why do we struggle through life and we just kind of bounce around and get thrown around and we don't have that place where we spend with Jesus? That constant, that thing that's stuck in the ground that we can grab next to and hold on to. That's Jesus for us. That's Jesus. And we need to find that place. Hebrews 13, 15, again, I'll read it again. Through him, let us continually, continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to our God, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. So not just on Sunday mornings, guys. Continually, continually. You know, in the Old Testament, I was reading this this week, and it's quite funny because in the Old Testament, they used to sacrifice an animal. Was part of their praise. Could you imagine having to bring your tithe to the house and your first cow or your first sheep in your paddock? I could see Jamie doing that, bring with a leash. <laughs> but that's what they did because they brought the best of what they had to God. Thank God we don't have to do that anymore, guys. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. So we don't have to bring a sacrifice like an animal. Sacrifice. It actually says what they used to do in the temple. It's very dramatic. The worshiper brought the animal into the temple, standing there before the priest, coming down like right down the front here with the animal. He placed one hand on its head, therefore identifying it with the animal and confessed his sin next to the animal and offering the sacrifice. Then the worshiper killed the animal and cut it up for the priest. Anyone game enough to do that? Anyone enjoy to see that? And then they burnt the animal on the altar and the meat was set aside. The animal represented the worshipper dying that he might live. As the worshipper killed the animal, he recalled that sin would have caused his own death but thank God he provided an escape through his own sacrifice. He is our sacrifice. Jesus spilled his blood on that cross and is our sacrifice today. Isn't that worthy enough for us to praise him? Like think about, just think about for a sec, I don't want to make it graphic, but just think about Jesus on that cross dying And he did that for you and I. Nails in the hands, nails in the feet. Being mocked by the Roman soldiers. Absolutely in agony. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It's a prayer he cried out. And he's on that cross and he did that for you and I. And we sometimes just go, thanks Jesus, i know i've done that and then we just walk on with our lives and thank you for that grace and we do communion once a month and go oh yeah i remember that part thanks jesus i'm not trying to be condemning today because it's challenging me it's challenging me to what sort of life do i want to live for jesus and it's a choice that we all need to make we can't sit on the fence A sacrifice hurts. It's costly. It takes effort. So passionate worship is not music. It's not an event. It's not Hillsong Conference. I love Hillsong Conference, but it's not it. What does worship say in the Bible? What is true worship? The most common words translated worship in the Bible mean to kneel, to lay face down before someone as an act of reverence biblical worship is acknowledging that god is the king and living our lives in light of that truth that's what the bible talks about worship it's not the flashing lights skinny jeans and all that stuff it's actually not worship is so beautiful and powerful when we understand it from god's perspective And passionate worship is true worship. In the New Testament, the word translated worship in the Greek is proskunio. Did I say that right, Robert Badman? (laughs) Come on, man. But that's the definition which means by kneeling like this. That's the New Testament word for worship. And in the Hebrew, in the Old Testament, the word worship is translated shayah, which means to bow down, it means the same thing, prostrate oneself before a monarch or a superior in homage. Both these words in the Bible mean the same thing. So from the Old Testament, before Jesus, to the New Testament, and we have Jesus, the word worship literally means to bow down. And I love what we talked about last week, and Rob explained this so well. It's like your body goes first when you don't feel like it. You you do it. You make yourself do it. I remember my nana, who um, she used to say, I got down on my knees every night beside my bed and I prayed. And we kind of think, oh, that's very religious, right? But it's actually biblical. It's actually biblical to do that because he's so worthy. Psalm 95, verse 6. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And the physical act of worship, it comes out of a heart for worship. We don't just get on our knees because we're doing it, right? Just, this is worship, so I better, I better do it. No, it comes after a heart of worship. So let's kneel before him. And this is not just kneeling down right now, but it's about kneeling in our hearts, laying down our lives in worship to our God. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. And I used to read this scripture and go, spirit and truth, what's that mean? Like spirit and truth, spirit and truth. And I think God has given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us the Holy Spirit. Worship in the Spirit is to be led by the living God. And know that joy comes from fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like a refreshing drink of water, a cool breeze, a warmth of a fire. Our experience of worship must come alive through the Spirit. True worship must be in Spirit first. Because if we're close to God, if we're close to God and we're spending time with Him, we're communing with the Holy Spirit. We're spending time with him. So that's where spirit worship comes in. That's, that's where we worship God through spirit of truth. And the truth part is the biblical side. We cannot worship how we, however we want, do whatever we feel like. Actually, God has a bit, a bit of an order to worship. And it's exactly what I just spoke about. It's about kneeling down. So spirit and truth is its first, it's first in spirit. And then it's in truth; it's in, the, in the, it's foundation is in the Word. So we don't just come in and go, "Oh, they're lifting their hands. Isn't that a cool rock song? Yeah, they're jumping, woo!" And it can't not be from the heart. Then it's not in the Spirit. It has to be Spirit and in truth. Worship has to be grounded in His Word. The tendency of worship in the Spirit without the Word is lawlessness. We might love God, but we don't do what he says. And the tendency to worship in truth without the spirit is legalism. Oh, the Bible says to lift my hands. (laughs) That's legalism. It's got to be in spirit and in truth. Our hearts have to be in the living God. Truth is a person and his name is Jesus. Truth is a person. His name is Jesus. John 14, 15. If you love me and you keep my commands. Love me and keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. So we can't just take all the grace side and go, oh, worship him. Yeah, woo. And then forget the Bible and go, oh, you know, he knows my heart. <laughs> it's spirit and truth. They go together. It goes together. And I just want to share a little bit on on music. You know, in contemporary worship, we talk about worship like it's the music, and we all do it. It's like, oh, let's worship, and then we play music. And like what I've just said today, it's not just it. Worship is way, way bigger than just music. But in saying that, God made music. He invented it. He's gifted it to people to make music for him. And over the years, I don't know if you've known this, some of the most famous songs that have lasted generation after generation after generation for hundreds of years have been songs that put him first. You know, you talk about some people like, you know that song from the 70s, you know, I'll go, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it was before I was born, <laughs> oh yeah, a song from the '60s or that really? It was like a hit. and I'm like, never heard it. And then there's songs that are written like amazing grace and how great they are. that just outlast generations. So God made music, and it's a gift to us. It's a gift to us. It helps us, you know what music does for me? It helps me take my focus off everything else and puts it onto Him. That's what music does for me. Ephesians 5 verse 18, And do not get drunk with wine. Well, there's a scripture for some Christians. For that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence to Christ whoa so that's what worship music can be it helps us be filled with the spirit it helps us to submit to one another and it helps us to give thanks to our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ so I want to say this I hope today it's made sense so I've tried to explain that worship is not just music but I also want to explain how the power of music and how Jesus how God invented music to help us to worship him So when we're filled with the Spirit, we will sing and make melody. But it won't just be from our lips, it'll be from our hearts. So when we sing these lyrics on the screen, my challenge is let's just not make it lips moving and a little bit of singing or whatever or hands clapping. It has to come from our heart. It has to come from our heart. A spirit of thanksgiving. A spirit of thankfulness. You know sometimes when I'm going through something, I don't have the words to express it or I don't know if I can talk to anyone. Do you know, I literally say to God, God, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful, God. And you know those things that I'm stressing about, and worried about, I forget them. I forget them because I'm replacing those fears with thankful, thankfulness. And you know, in, in mental health, which I've been learning over the last year or so, the three things that you're grateful for and if you keep repeating those three things it literally rewires your brain wow not the medication nothing three things you're thankful for every day rewires your brain and that's from the bible <laughs> the renewing of our minds come on so there's a bit of a session for you a therapy session Come on, three things you're thankful for. So this morning, Matthew 15 and 8, these people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So Lord God, today, we pray, Father, that we wouldn't just take worship and church and moments of worship of something that we just sing a note or just sing it out. Lord, may it be from our hearts May our lives, God, not just be flittering in the wind, God, but may we just focus and give our lives to you. So we give praise to you today. We're thankful to you today for what you sacrificed for us. We're so thankful, Jesus. And we pray that we would honor you with our lips and we would also honor you with our lives. May we worship in spirit and in truth. In the powerful name of Jesus. Everyone said? Amen. Well, stay seated for a bit. We're going to sing an oldie. um, And Ainsley's going to lead it. And I just want you to sit there. And in your hearts, don't open your mouth. Just get right with God in your heart. And then we can stand and we'll sing a bit of it as well.